Welcome to Damage Boost. I'm your host, Brock Holiday, and today we're talking the Super Mario Brothers movie. So let's jump into it. We did it! 100 episodes! And, um, honestly, other than, like, being alive, I don't know if I've ever put this much effort and commitment to anything. So, I'm really excited, uh, and to celebrate the 100th episode and to join me, I uh, have the very first guest, the, the person who, without his willingness to, uh, give this a shot, I probably wouldn't have kept with it and been able to build the relationships i had through this so uh everybody welcome sam aka d-pad gamer oh that's i was like oh he's gonna hype me up i'm sure but oh it's too much you don't gotta, you don't gotta be like that of course it's fun it's fun to come on here and just talk about stuff you're um, good people though people I, don't, I guess people don't need to know that you're good people but i like uh yeah, how dare you tell them <laughs> <laughs> i like bill you know if people are good people they deserve to be uh sure appreciated you know it's okay I always tell uh, my kids, it's okay to tell people, like, you know, like, hey, good job, or, you know, tell your, your brother you love him every once in a while. It's okay. But Type yeah. of deal. Yeah, that's that's fair. This is my, what, fourth, fifth time on? This is your, I, I'll have to go back and check it. I want to say it's your sixth. Oh, boy. Am I, am I, like, has anybody you, else come up more than me, or uh, do, I, do I hold the I think right you now? and Carl are probably tied at this point. Oh, boy. Or he might be one ahead of you. I'm not sure. Okay, you'll have to check back with me on that, or let me know so I can. Uh, I want to keep the crown just <laughs> arbitrarily. Do you count dual episodes as appearances or just single appearances? Eventually, I will count each appearance as the Infinity Stone in my gauntlet of gamer power, whatever that means. I'm cool to. Hey, if it gets you guys coming on more, I'm. All, you guys can compete all you want. I'm cool <laughs> with that. But yeah, uh, dude, Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, so, so say, speaking of competing uh, and then epically failing, uh, we were talking about this movie before, and, and what were the three movies that you brought up that it competed against uh, when it debuted in theaters? Oh, yeah, so for reference, Sumer Bros. movie came out <laughs> in 1993, a classic, <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't double check if each of these came out that year, but the top performers of 1993 in order were Jurassic Park. Uh, I believe the you know the first one, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, The Fugitive, Schindler's List, The Firm with Tom Cruise. A couple down, we have Sleepless in Seattle, which I know is like pretty well known. So yeah. like a lot of like big names there, and just Super Mario Bros. movie was in there, and uh, that's some tough. Uh, yeah. That's tough. Even if this was a good movie, like <laughs> it, it yeah. would be, it could be one of those movies that could have got lost in the shuffle. Uh, I also want to clarify just because. Uh, I didn't mean that you guys competing would be an epic fail. I was leading into how the how the oh, Super yeah, Mario no, no, compared. Yeah. I was like, oh god, that sounded really shitty. But that's no, no, I, I don't understand. Like, yeah, the Super Mario Bros. movie tried. It had the challenge of, and to be clear, it wasn't the first gaming movie at all. Uh, technically, uh, fun fact that is actually a tie between like a anime esque Mario movie and then a. Uh, 
oh man, I'm, I'm I'm forgetting the name, but it was like way long ago in terms of the first gaming movie. But this is like the first like big one that a lot of people point to, mm-hmm. and it did not do well for a lot of reasons. And while Ooh. it's very easy to be clear, it's very easy to trash on it. It's very easy to just be, come on and be like, man, it's so bad. Oh my god! But like, there was a lot of a nuance to it, and it's I do still agree that's garbage. But good people try to do stuff, and there are reasons why it didn't do well. And we could have had something cool, but we didn't. So uh, just know that I'm I'm going to be trying to come in here and and lay down some fun stuff while also uh, trying to be reasonable. Because I, I feel like with a lot of stuff like this, um, it's easy to just trash on it. And uh, I mean, people have already done that. There's no reason to just like keep laying it on. Yeah. Like the horse oh, is already dead. <laughs> like I, I I will say though, we we are not gonna we're not gonna be shitty about it. We're not gonna pour as you say the extra salt, but the by far the most downloaded episode of this podcast and it's by a couple hundred epi- uh, downloads oh, Pokemon? Is, is you and me shitting on sword and shield for almost two hours hell yeah i mean in all fairness <laughs> Nothing has come close it's to sword that and shield episode. so like i mean am i wrong maybe some people would say i am but yeah so um i want to lay down a couple facts just so people know what we're actually talking about because we could say oh yeah the super Mario Bros. movie but like People these days, I say people these days, like even like teenagers these days are we're still like a good ten plus years out from even being able to see the movie, right? And it just really fell off. It didn't have much of a run in like DVD sales or like anything like that. So, um, to be clear, Sue and Barr's movie it was released in nineteen ninety three. It's live action. It featured uh, uh, Bob Hoskins and um, John Leguizamo as Mario and Luigi respectively. Uh, the two of them have both had like a bunch of acting credits. Uh, if you've seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like Bob Hoskins uh, was the mm. lead in that, so Masterful a lot of people know that. from that. Uh, uh, from Hook, he played me. Oh yes, yes. Um, he's been in a number of stuff, but like from what I saw, Who Framed Roger Rabbit was the, the closest adjacent that he was like super notable. Uh, but obviously, he's done a bunch oh, of great. Uh, Dennis bunch Hopper's of stuff. in this movie too. Yes, by the way. yeah. Um, and John Leguizamo, as far as I can tell. I didn't actually see any, like, this is his crowning movie, like, everyone will know him. But, like, I didn't realize he's the voice of Sid from Ice Age. Uh, and that that's actually pretty huge, because uh, Ice <laughs> Age is, like, fairly well-known these days, if nothing else, for, as a meme. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it had uh, those actors. Dennis Hopper has been in a bunch of stuff, but I, I'm not super familiar with a lot of the movies he was in. Uh, but he was another big name. Uh, it had the production designer... Who, uh, or the production designer for the movie, oddly enough, was also the art director for Blade Runner and the production designer for Demolition Man, which, if you know those movies, seems so weird to have yeah. that guy working on the Mario movie. But, but when you look into the Mario movie and see what they try to do with it, it sort of makes sense. Yeah, and like, it, I will say, it, it did have atmosphere, you know? It did. It, <laughs> that is one, if we're gonna, you know, not pour salt on everything. Yeah. Uh, Demolition Man and obviously Blade Runner, like those mm-hmm. are beautiful movies. And although uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie was not what I would envision, like mm-hmm. the scenery being, it was still well done uh, set pieces for the most part. Yeah, I I, I say it's strange, but uh, I also say that uh, meaning that it's like weird but well executed. It's sort of like awful taste but a great execution. That sort of a like category of content on the internet, like. It's so weird, but they did a really good job. Um, and especially if you if you watch the, the movie back and like look at the set design, look at the costume design, 
Um, it's strange, but you'll notice a lot of great detail put into it. Unfortunately, the movie, if you don't know, was hampered by uh, issues with its production. Uh, there was yeah. sort of uh, issues between the director and some of the actors. Apparently, it was so bad that Leguizamo and Hoskins actually drank on set more than once. <laughs> and at one point during, I think it was a later uh, scene that they uh, filmed, was uh, them racing through Manhattan in their Mario Bros. Uh, plumber truck, which is a scene that happens early in the movie. Um Leguizamo was allowed to drive and he even said himself and I think it was a uh, either an interview or a couple places that he thought it was a bad idea because one uh, he's he, he's from New York I'm pretty sure that was like his wording and two he was super drunk and he ended up slamming on the brakes at one point and uh, the sliding door on the truck crushed a couple of the fingers on Hoskins uh, and he had to have a cast on that can I think barely be seen like they painted over it in some of the later scenes for like the uh, titular, or not titular, but like the penultimate fight for the movie, yeah. he actually he's actually wearing a cast, and that's why. Um, so that's it was nuts. rough. <laughs> um, I am not here to like say one way or another whether or not either the directors are bad or uh, Dennis Hopper actually is bad. But I know when looking it up, like a lot of the actors had not so great stuff to say about the directors, and the directors likewise, and also Hopper himself. Um, from what I've seen, had or has a sort of reputation for being difficult to work with. And again, I didn't look too deep into that, but there was a sentiment online about that. And apparently he was difficult to work with. Uh, But then again, the directors weren't uh, super um, easy either. Because apparently... uh, Go ahead ahead and finish your point. Sorry. Um, The directors were, if you don't know, um, Annabelle Jankel and... I have it here. Um, the directors were Rocky Morton and Annabel Jankel, a husband and wife team who had worked on various music videos before this, and then also the Max Headroom Show, which is again another very weird vibe thing. Uh, but they were brought. How did they get the, this job based on that resume? It's, <laughs> it's sort of the reasoning, from what I understand, is because um, they were chosen because uh, the vibe they were sort of going for. Or let me backtrack a sec. Uh, it's important to know that with this movie, um, the main guy behind it all that like was really pushing for it to be made was the producer. I uh, need to find his name. I'm sorry. Oh, you're Give good. A second. Well, while you're doing that, I just I, I was reading uh, to kind of expand on the facts we talked about. Uh, yeah, Hopper is a prick, uh, but from what yeah. uh, Hop, Hops, Hoskins, I always struggle to say his name, and uh, Leguizamo mm-hmm. both said that the movie was they thought it should be more childish and that's what the studio wants but the, yeah the directors were pushing for a adult feel to mario which like if you want to say yeah okay, I'm, okay I'm so gonna, i go ahead I, I totally understand i and i can clarify now so i i got the name uh so to be clear how this actually came together obviously it's not just a one person thing it's not just the directors not just the actors uh it's a huge process it started with the uh producer roland jaffe uh, he reached out to his production company, Late Motive, uh, was like, hey, I have this idea for a script. It was pretty different from what ended up happening, but he reached out. They are like, okay, let's try to do something. So he reached out to Nintendo of America's president. Um, and also, if you know this, uh, you know this from my Mario History uh, series, if you watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, Minoru Arakawa, he's the son of the then president of Nintendo, Hiroshi Yamauchi. 
So he reached out to this dude and was like, hey, I got an idea. And he was like, that's pretty good. Okay, we could try something. So that he set up a uh, interview with the president of Nintendo. He went there. He pitched it. He left with a $2 million contract, giving them temporary control of the character. And Nintendo was just like, we'll get merchandising rights. You just do your thing. We're not even going to check up on it. Good luck. So the problem is that Joffe was then like, oh, who do I bring in? So they brought on Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton because they worked in sort of video-based like stuff. And they had this sort of interesting digital vibe with Max Headroom. So the idea was something like that could translate into a video game, maybe. But yeah, uh, they wanted adult stuff. Um, in Leguizam one of Leguizamo's books, or again, I don't know if it, he has multiple, but I know in a book he wrote, which was uh, biographical, he mentioned how it was crazy that the uh, film ended up how it was because the directors were shooting things like with like strippers. Like you could barely see it like in the club scene, which there's so many uncomfortable scenes in the movie, but like yeah. they're straight up like strippers. And there was going to be a, like a rap section with Iggy and Spike. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the directors were really pushing for something more adult because at the time in 1993, uh, or at least years leading up to it, I think there was a huge um, notion that like, you know, kids movies are movies and games are games and games are for kids. So we want to make something that can appeal to the adults and they way over tuned it. And then by the time, you know, they're moving in that direction, they can't really stop it. So they try to veer back and it ended up being a middle of the road, sort of weird feeling thing. Uh, so, so like, <laughs> In the aforementioned uh, bar slash like club scene, uh, Bob Hoskins character Mario literally grabs the uh, like the uh, stone, the big MacGuffin for the film, off of the chest of Big Bertha, who's wearing like a like a like a low V neck uh, dress, and it's like, okay, I didn't need Mario shoving his face into a woman's cleavage in my Mario movie, but okay, we're here yeah. now. Um, <laughs> Sort of very uh, predator vibes with uh, Hoskins' character, which goes to show he was playing a good villain. But it's very un—it's very weird to have that be uh, King Koopa. Um, a lot, a lot of, lot of strange vibes for the movie. Yeah. So this, I is, I'm gonna take a deep breath so I don't, I don't <laughs> yell. Um, so one of my biggest issues with, um, like movies especially movies that are based off of video games or comic books is when people take it over who fucking hate the source material um yeah, that seems to happen way too much hey i don't fucking get it. how these people get jobs there's uh one of the resident evil movies the guy who did, directed it didn't want to do a fucking zombie movie it's just like and so like the, in that movie it's like a bunch of clones and shit and like holograms don't take the like don't act like you're so fucking high and mighty your artistic integrity like you that you're you you're not you're above zombies, but you're gonna take a Resident Evil film. Like you want that yeah. fucking money, suck it up. Uh, something similar I think has happened with one of the Jurassic Park films, or uh, no, it was the Congo, where the guy read a page of the book and it's like fuck it, I'm just gonna write, you know make the rest <laughs> of the movie the way I want. I believe it was yeah. Congo. I could be wrong. And that... like yeah, and like pick a path too. Like video game movies, I think, and comic book things, they suffer from usually trying to do the too broad of an audience thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. if you just do the best at what you decide to do, you're going to make more money and have people like follow it. Yeah. So, uh, 
I agree, 100%. Uh, there's been situations where the adaptation takes basically nothing except a name. A good example is actually World War Z, another zombie film. I yeah. love the book. Uh, it's real, or I think the name is Max Brook. I believe he wrote yeah. it. Yep. Um, and the zombie survival book. guide. Yes, and also the the Minecraft book, uh, voice yes. uh, performed by Jack Black. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, all great stuff. The the book is incredible. If you get it on Audible, not sponsored, just saying. Uh, there is a version that is like uh, voiced by a bunch of different uh, actors because the book itself is actually a lot of it's like a collection of smaller stories uh, written from various perspectives and it'd be such an incredible uh, either like <laughs> um, Snyder cut length movie or like miniseries but they're like what if no sh- shut up Tom Cruise action hero guy slips and shoots himself in the head and no one talks about it incredible it's like oh my god they completely abandoned everything other than the fact that like uh what is it like uh the city in the middle east like appears that's a thing yeah israel like well it appears and they go places and that's it it's so poorly done and yeah it happens a lot it seems that they just don't like i'm not saying they didn't care for it specifically but a lot of times it just goes wrong, and I don't know how that keeps happening. But with this situation, Wait, hold on, I, I, I gotta I gotta give you some World War Z oh, yeah, facts yeah. for you. Okay, go uh, ahead. Because I am also a huge fan of Max Brooks as a writer. Like his mm-hmm. stuff is just he could write like you know about how my day went. I'd probably be like, yeah, it's really fucking good. Because uh, he's just he's a talented, dude. Um, but two things with that movie. One, like I was, and you you probably know this a little more than I do. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt was fucking pissed about the way they handled the movie too, and all the shit they changed and cut, right? Like, and they yeah, didn't I, really I tell him, that. right? Because mm-hmm. he he enjoyed the source material, but um, one of my most upsetting moments of blatant uh, product placement in that mm-hmm. movie is when he's trying to, like, there there's some kind of time crunch, and he's trying to get that cure or the potential cure, whatever it was, I don't fucking remember, out of that disease building. And, you know, he's been in a plane crash. He's, you know, trying Pepsi? to save his family. And he had a big old fucking clean pet working Pepsi machine right there. And he stops and takes <laughs> oh, a that's right. big yeah. old drink out of that nice cold can with just a little bit of moisture on the side. So, you know, it's so cold and crisp. It, it was straight up like a Wayne's World, like, turn to the camera, like, I would never stoop to such lows except for Domino's or whatever. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Oh. Unfor- unfortunately, yeah, it just didn't work out. And there's still a chance. There's a lot of, I mean, hours and hours can be spent talking about bad adaptations like Percy Jackson. Yeah. Ouch. Was it um, Artemis Fowl? That was a really bad. Artemis one. Fowl. That's so like, bad. <laughs> it's so uh, bad. To make a sports joke, they Artemis Fowl that one. <laughs> oh. But, but for real, uh, when it comes back to the Super Mario Bros. movie, it's not a situation that I, I I don't think they hated the source material, but like also keep in mind this was 1993. Uh, uh, video game movies weren't a thing. Video games were just getting into uh, like 3D, um, so like it was pretty new. They they were building off of like, or yeah yeah yeah. Um, it, it was a learning process and it was a different time. So they were trying to build something wholly unique. And when I was actually looking into how the movie got made. Like, it went through a lot of writers, and unfortunately, a lot of times that ends up equaling a bad product, because mm-hmm. it's hard for a creative vision to survive going through, like, eight people 
uh, when you're also dealing with mm-hmm. the pressures of like a studio and the pressures of like time the, crunches and all that stuff, right? Like the it love really gets quickly gets written or taken out of it. Well, yeah, and, and so, not intentionally, I would say either. It's yeah. just it's hard for, and you know, as you know, as a fan of a book or a video game, is you just want to see the thing you love treated with the same respect and care that you would give it. Yeah. And like the way, yeah, the way you're describing it, that's that that stops happening. Yeah. So, I'll describe it how it went. But I also want to say, like, I can I I do not have the uh, authority because I'm just a dude. I just looked up some information. I don't have the authority to say one way or another who caused what to happen. Uh, like I know some facts here there, but I will say, personal uh, editorial opinion. I think uh, the producer Jaffe goofed it up. I don't yeah. think he was even the the best I, the person to bring this forward, but it is what it is. Like he he didn't put, he did put in the effort, but unfortunately, like I'll explain it in it, a sec. So basically, uh, it went through a lot of writers. You know, he had a script, he took it to Nintendo, they approved it. Like I said, um, and uh, one second. Oh, you're good. And with, while you're uh, looking that up, uh, the another th- other thing I read with the script, you talk about going through rewrites. Uh, mm-hmm. The actors quit reading the script because uh, they're like, oh, yeah, they don't know what yeah, the fuck yeah. it's going to be like. And yeah, like, so essentially you get the what they call dailies. I think uh, that's what they would just wait for. It's like we'll just wait for this to happen uh, yeah. and get these because we don't know what the fuck is going to go on with this movie. So yeah, once Joffe had gotten that contract, he took the uh, sort of script, like ideas he had to. Oscar-winning screenwriter Barry Morrow. Um, his story actually followed Mario and Luigi on a uh, quote existential road trip, so similar to Mario's prior Rain Man uh, that production titled the script Drain Man, which I think is a great pun. Um, <laughs> and okay. it didn't it didn't happen. But Mario described his screenplay as a study in contrast, like um, Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello, that would have an odyssey and a quest like the game itself, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, and then uh, co-producer uh, Fred uh, Caruso later said that Mario's story was like a more of a serious drama piece as opposed to a fun comedy. And what we got was sort of a comedy, but then again, even that was weird. But either way... Uh, it felt unintentionally funny a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, screenwriters Jim Genuine and Thomas Parker were brought on to write the, uh, a more traditional adaptation. And... Um, so what they said was, so right away, we knew that the best way to do this is to essentially have a journey into this world not unlike The Wizard of Oz. Again, I think this is interesting. Their idea was to, like, take the, uh, basically subvert fairy tale cliches and satirize them, as well as focus on the relationship between Mario and Luigi. Not, like, obviously, like, a brotherly relationship. But from what it came down to, was it was essentially, like, what Shrek did years later. <laughs> and that I think that would have been too. really cool. Like, they could have done some really interesting stuff there. But again, that didn't happen. Um, yeah. So the thing is that, um, uh, so, like, even Miyamoto said, like, they tried too hard to make it like the games, and like, instead of making it a good film. Yeah. So, um, the emotional through line would have been about the brothers, as Genwin said. At that point, a director was brought on um, named Greg Beeman, who uh, had previously directed License to Drive, which I, I think is a well-known movie. Not mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> but he was brought on, and the movie was moving into pre-production. But the problem is that his recent film, Mom and Dad Save the World, ha- was a financial failure. And <laughs> Joffy was like, bye-bye. 
and he <laughs> offered Harold Ramis the directorial position. Harold Ramis, I'm pretty sure, you know, the guy from Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. And he, I was so afraid to say it in case I was yeah. wrong, but yeah, uh, he, uh, he, like, I didn't realize uh, Ramis how much he directed that was like super good and famous. Yes, um, yeah, like I, I noticed as well. Like when I was looking it up, he has, uh, to be clear, he's a co-written. National Lampoon's Animal House. He's uh, directed and co-written Caddyshack. Uh, yeah, that was the big one I was thinking of. Was yeah, it was Caddyshack. He, he biggest one, and this was the same year. This is what he turned it down for. He put out Groundhog Day. Yeah, I mean, in 1993. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm glad we got that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's a really good movie. But like, obviously, like you can't get it. Like, it's not always possible. But like, Harold Ramis had said he was a fan of the video game. He declined, which is like. Fair enough. And he later said he was glad that he declined it, which is like, ouch. Yep. Um, and he also <laughs> said it was his smartest career decision. Again, uh. But yeah, so Joffe at this point, after firing a dude who didn't do well and failing to get a guy who would have done well, you know? Like, I, I think it's silly that they tired Beeman because a film of his flopped. Yeah. Way. Was, um, sometimes shit just doesn't work, and that's not yeah. necessarily a movie's fault. Yeah, there's a number of situations where Joffe seems to, like, butt in and try to do a thing as a producer, and I think that's why it sort of flopped at times. But then again, I can't say it's all his fault or not his fault. But either way, he, he was like he reached out to um, Rocky Morton and Baljankel uh, because, as Morton had said, like they come from the Tim Burton School of Filmmaking. Their background is in animation and comic books. So it's like, okay, I can sort of see this. Like they've done music videos, Max Headroom, you know, background comic books animation starts to make sense yeah um but then here's the thing apparently joffy morton and jankel had agreed that their approach in adapting the video game should follow the darker tone popularized in the 1989 film batman and then also the 1990 teenage mutant ninja turtles two films which i don't but, think they did super great um well actually of, the ninja turtles one was actually the highest grossing independent movie uh for a long time uh it did okay. pretty well but but the, that's but those great, source but I, don't, materials... I don't think that film necessarily had staying power in fandom. It was good like financially, but I don't think you know like okay, okay, it okay. didn't lead to a whole franchise of TMNT movies. They made three. I, okay, fair <laughs> enough. And also, as for uh, as a person of a certain age, it is like the pinnacle of turtles for us. True. Yes. And well, <laughs> also like with with that point, like. Those things being darker, like Batman and uh, Ninja Turtles, especially the the original run of the Ninja Turtles, they mm-hmm. it was dark shit. And like Batman, yeah, yeah it was weird at times, but also had at, at that Fair. point was leaned up from. I'm the just saying, Alan I don't Moore think that was the play. Yeah, I don't no, I'm with you. I agree. Like Mario. yeah, it doesn't work for. I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like those yeah. things had at least uh, leading up to the early '90s, darker things that were linked to it. Mario was never like you know found had peach dead like from an overdose in his bedroom or something <laughs> oh, like God. that you know i just i just remember the robot chicken uh mario stuff like luigi running from the cops in gta oh that's he got so the good <laughs> and they fucking way. shoot the shit out of him yeah so joffy morton and jankel were basically they all had their hands on the wheel they're like yes let's crank to the left in my opinion that's them going off the road but for them they thought they were taking a great path uh moving forward they said, this wasn't Snow White and the Seven Do- Dinosaurs. Apparently that's a quote Joffy had said. Uh, the dino world was dark. We didn't want to hold back. Uh, he described it as a prequel to the video games to tell the true story behind Nintendo's inspiration, which is why, you know, Mario is a plumber from uh, Manhattan. 
uh, stuff that's pulled from like the very early Mario games, like in arcades. Yeah, makes sense. But they were going for a mixture of. Uh, he viewed the games as a mixture of Japanese fairy tales and a bit of modern America, and he wanted to create a slightly mythic version of New York, which I think, in my opinion, he didn't do at all because the movie is barely in New York, and when it is, it's actually like half in what is it, like Manhattan, half in not Boston, but like it's it's weird. Yeah. It's not actually like it's all over the place. It feels like, and you're barely in there. And it doesn't feel at all grounded. And the movie only really starts once they get into the dino world. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Their take was to um, be like, Nintendo interpreted the events from our story and then came up with a video game. So we worked backwards. Which, again, could be cool. But I think they were really uh, going off the rails I think uh, it could this. be cool if the people that were thinking about this were creative. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I think they are creative, but it was just in the, the wrong way. So, if you're curious why why Mario and dinosaurs, the reasoning at the time was because Super Mario uh, World was being uh, made, and Super Mario World uh, on release, but also especially in the buildup, uh, had a huge focus on like the dinosaur land. Like, it takes place in Dino Land, technically not yeah. like the Mushroom Kingdom, and uh, what they went for was a whole world. With a reptile point of view, dominated by an aggressive primordial behavior and basic instincts, which again, I, I guess, right. what you really get is just a weird, grungy, dirty-looking version of New York. Which again, I made this joke before. Some consider New York. Yeah, like, it, if it smelled like piss, it was exactly like New York. So they called it New Brutalism. They were aiming for a uh, darker tone. So they brought on Parker Bennett and Terry Runtz. They were tasked with balancing comedy with a darker tone. Very possible. <sighs> Bennett this is making said, me upset. <laughs> Bennett said that Ghostbusters was the model, which, again, could be cool. They were aiming for uh, funny but kind of weird and dark. That could have worked. There's a lot of times where I looked at this in the process and I was like, that could have worked. Can't, but really but like, But, like, even then, Ghostbusters, <clears throat> yeah, it gets a little bit dark. But the overall tone of that movie is love friendship like <laughs> you know uh yeah uh, there's they really fall short yeah unfortunately uh and that's the thing despite working well with the directors bennett and runtz were then dismissed by the producers for being too comedic and they brought on more writers uh it was dick clements and ian uh lafrenance or frenet i think it's frenet ian lafrenet uh they were brought on to quote bring on a more adult and feminist tone I don't know what that meant because yeah. what actually happened, I don't feel at all. I mean, there was adult stuff, but I don't think it was an adult film. You know, like it wasn't a mature, uh, like emotionally mature movie in, in that sense. You know what? Um, and I, even like feminist wise, I'm trying to think of like what of. Yeah, it was at this time that uh, the character of. Um, this is when uh, Princess Daisy uh, and Lena's roles were expanded, and uh, Bertha, the the okay. um, the big lady, big Bertha as she's called, was introduced. Which I sort of get it because she's strong, she's independent, but she is does basically nothing, and she falls for Mario the second he dances with her, so she doesn't even feel like a character. So it's like swinging a miss, in my a, opinion. A means to an end, basically, yeah. rather than a character. Um, like she, like 
if a character can be literally replaced with a vending machine, with a good old Pepsi vending machine, I don't think that's a character. I think that's just like nice a, a contrivance. Cold um, it's Pepsi. Not, yeah, nice cold Pepsi. Um, but it just it didn't land. But either way, um, that was the thing. It was this script that was like they had a script. It convinced uh, Hoskins and uh, to take on the role of Mario. It was this script that most of the actors were familiar with. Can I, can um, I ask you a quick question about that? Yes, yes, yes. Your yeah. your 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 honest opinion uh, about who they chose with Hops Hops, Hops uh, I can never get it right the first Hoskins. time. And Leguizamo, yeah. do you think that was good casting, and or or just one or the other or both, or you don't like either? Just curious, your your personal taste. How would you feel about those two? If I'm only looking at the movie, yeah, I think they were great. Actually, yeah. like I think that having Mario be a bit more gruff, a bit more like curmudgeonly, almost like he was he's he was basically like the straight man of the two. Yeah, Legazama was more goofy and sort of whatever. I think that's great. I think it works well. They have a good dynamic. I really actually enjoyed Legazama's performance. Looking back at it, uh, Legazama is the only one that really shows some good emotion. I think Hoskins could have, but he wasn't given much to work with uh, because unfortunately, like. A big thing with my video is I ended up going a lot into uh, the process in terms of like how they tell the story and there's a lot of uh, basically like they tell you the quote twist of the movie at the very beginning and then just keep being like Mara's like I don't believe it I don't believe it so he feels like a stupid idiot and that's not Hoskins fault it's just the fact that they did give they didn't give Mario much to work with meanwhile Luigi had the chance to uh, try to be a hero. He tried to save. He had a his... true arc. His character. Yeah, he had an arc. Hoskins' character Mario was unfortunately just there to have a sudden reveal that I learned something. Yeah, so they were great. They were not given great stuff to work with, and they still managed to do some good bits. But yeah, they were they were doing good in spite of the content, yeah, not as... because of it. I I, I originally like. I don't know, 10 years ago, if I would have revisited this movie, I would have said I hated uh, the idea of that because they should be more lighthearted. But, you know, you're right. Yeah. Looking at back in this lens now, I actually think it could have been great. Like, those dudes are both insanely talented. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? It was just, you know, two years removed from Hook, which I he is so fucking, like, just I love his performance of Hook. Anytime he's on screen... Uh, and Hook, I cannot keep my eyes off him, especially. Um, and I recently rewatched Hook with my kids. There's a straight up scene where um, Hook is like threatening to kill himself, and to me, it's just like, <laughs> oh, you're being dramatic again, Captain. And uh, like the whole background with that, like their dynamic is actually really interesting. If you ever want to look mm-hmm. into Hook, uh, anybody who hasn't seen that movie or has and doesn't know the history, but like, dude can act. Dude is charismatic. Uh, yeah. Um, He's, uh, he unfortunately passed away, I think, in 2014. But and then Zamo, like, other than the happening, which, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he uh, has been in some not some not so great. But stuff, he but, but he can act like he he's good yeah. in stuff when he's and mm-hmm. when it happens. It's just he for whatever reason he seems to not get the opportunities he probably deserves because he's a talented, dude. Yeah, if you look at his his credits, he actually has a lot of voice work. Again, I really mentioned uh, Ice Age, yeah. which is like, oh, dumb animation thing, but he's done a great job so in fun the movies. roles he's been in, so he definitely doesn't get he's a, a, John a chance to shine. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I, I think he's, he's, he's a great actor. He deserves a lot of uh, 
a lot more focus than he probably gets. <laughs> like but... Zoe Deschanel, right? That's her name uh, from New Girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like she, she's talented. But in that movie, it is like you, you they someone zapped her with a array that made her forget everything she knew about acting. And it's just yeah. one of the most dry and awful. Maybe because she's like reading the script and mm-hmm. and the fact that Mark Wahlberg is an educator in that movie. She's like, this is like no one's gonna believe this shit. I'm not gonna put in the effort. <laughs> yep, yeah, I recently watched. Um, I think it's called like Infinite, where Mark Wahlberg is like a reincarnated dude who's like he's basically action star. And I was like, ooh, not good. Mm-hmm. But it had the 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 main character. I'm blanking on his name, but he he was the main guy from Maze Runner. Um, oh, that guy's a really talented actor. I I love I do I want he carried him, those movies. Like, yes, really I want him movies. to. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up just so I get his name. He was in a movie recently where like he takes this drug and it like kind of allows you to travel between realities. Uh, he was yes. like it's a his weird movie, was, but he's really good. Yeah, uh, Dylan O'Brien. He was the star of Maze Runner. He's uh, been in a bunch of other stuff. I want him to continue to be in things because I think he's awesome. Yeah, uh, he was very like, talented. Yeah. Uh, the younger crowd might know him from like uh, Teen Wolf, because um, he was he had a fairly regular role in that. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> sometimes you get the actors and the like the actual like roles they get. It doesn't pan out. I agree. Uh, Hoskins and Leguizamo's performances could have been really weird if the tone of the film had actually been more comedic, but it wasn't. They literally went to basically a strip club. Uh, they were using guns and uh, dodging laser fire, which is like but a, not in like a fun way. Yeah, like it's um, a big no-no for Miyamoto too, right? Like the whole. Not necessarily. I think Miyamoto. I, oh, I have it somewhere in here, but he basically said like, I think they really tried something, and that's cool. <laughs> like, it's like they definitely tried something. Um, but yeah, so. Getting back to sort of the timeline of it, like, they had had this script, had gone through now, like, six different uh, writers after they, like, fired a writer, they fired a director. Okay. But it moved into pre-production. At this point, Joffe and Eberts, Eberts is another um, producer, uh, which I haven't mentioned before, but they had feared that the project had skewed too far from the intended young adult-slash-family audience and had become too effect-heavy uh, to film with a budget, so without informing the directors or the signed cast, they hired screenwriters Ed Solomon and Ryan Rowe to provide a more family-friendly script with more restrained effects requirements. And it was also, uh, this script doctoring was partially motivated by Disney purchasing film rights, uh, the film's distribution rights. Uh, and the cast uh. only discovered this upon arriving in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina. So... Fucking Disney again. again. God damn it. Yes. Yeah, but really, though, going back to it, I mentioned, you know, the three hands on the wheel, they yanked it off the road. The dude was actively, like, helping it go off the rails. I'm using multiple analogies in one, but, you know. It was going off the rails. He had a hand in it. Then it was suddenly like, oh, this is too far. Again, which is why I'm like, come on, man. You, 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 You started this... You started this company, and now you're acting like... Oh, how how could we have got in here? Like you were hel- oh. helping helm the ship. Like I'm using every analogy in the uh, under the sun. But you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, can I can so, I give you one yeah. qu- before we, the, we were yeah, talking yeah. about the strip scene? So mm-hmm. I'm scrolling through uh, as we're talking about this, like like obscure yeah, effects. Clear, it's it's yeah. not a strip club necessarily, right. but it, it's it's a very adult bar with alcohol being shown and 
uh, vaguely off screen slash it was there the uh, women strippers yeah, yeah actual actual strippers for a mario movie that's bold yes. bold uh bold call um bold yeah. move like i'm an adult man uh and i enjoy women as well whatever but even I would be like, I don't think this is appropriate for like. I, I try to be like relaxed and okay with a lot of stuff, but I don't think, as what they call it around here, a titty bar is appropriate for Mario. <laughs> yeah. Again. Oh man, I just reading that yeah. little fact right there, and after what you told me about the scene and the fact that it was like, yeah. And to be clear, <sighs> the whole like when I say it's like mature, it doesn't just hinge on that. There's a lot of other little elements like. They went with a sort of interesting uh, sort of design. Uh, oil comes from... This is relevant. Oil comes from dinosaurs. If it's a dinosaur land, they're obviously not going to use oil, so they use electric. So that's why there's electric cars everywhere, and they have like an electric grid, and that's why everything's sparking, because they have crappy infrastructure. But if you pay attention, like a dude falls onto one of the cars and straight up dies, or... Also, like, on one of the vehicles, there's just a skeleton on the... It's like a taxi. A skeleton on the hood because some dude died on that. And you're like... Which... Okay, so we just have rampant, like... That would be funny if it wasn't a Mario. Like, that would be a really... It would be it would be funny with different contexts. And yeah. if they specifically played it for laughs. If they did the, oh, I got shocked and you could see my bones. And like, woo! Like, there's a way to make... <laughs> there's, a, there's a way to make death and uh physical violence funny there's a way but this ain't it uh and unfortunately yeah at this point you know they, they're like okay oh god no we we messed up by making choices that we made so they hired on um you know uh solomon and runs or or sorry, sorry they hired on solomon and roe they're like all right thank you for the script bye bye the directors, rightfully, even though I feel like they were off base with what they're going for, even though I don't know they were the right choices, and also even though they had issues, <laughs> yeah. they rightfully were like, hey, what the hell? You can't do that to us, so they considered leaving the project, but decided to stay after realizing that, at this point, no other director could uh, come on and understand the material enough to properly adapt it. The, <laughs> the, the material that they had started to create, so... Task failed successfully. Them. <laughs> yeah, they stayed on, uh, and Roe returned home to work on another project. Solomon remained for several weeks to provide additional rewrites. You know, he's he, he, like, of these, you know, I, I credit Hoskins, Logozamo, Hopper, they all tried really well. Also, actually, uh, Samantha Mathis, who played uh, Daisy, did a fantastic yeah, job. Yeah, her acting was good. She, she appeared in very few films in general, but I thought she was, like, very genuine, and, like, she was just, like, very pleasant to have on screen, which is what you want as like a, a princess character like you want her to, to like have good screen presence and she delivered that mm -hmm. and then some like i thought the actual like romance between her uh between daisy and luigi was like really wholesome and that's why i actually cared at the end when they can't be together yeah tiny, tiny little nuggets of niceness in this otherwise yeah, like rough stew but yeah just know, to clarify too like people yeah. i think with with the way the internet is, everyone thinks either sometimes be good or bad, black or white. There can be crap, uh, good and a crappy movie. It's just there can be bad things yes, and great yeah. movies. And yeah, you're right. Like that, uh, they're. I, I don't want to say it was like a childlike uh, romance, but it was. You're right. It's very wholesome. It was, it, yeah, it, it was, was very innocent. Yeah, yeah. I uh, because I appreciated yeah, um, it. Like I, I made a couple edits in my video to try to highlight it and make fun of it, but like it's like like oh. 
Luigi was like so nervous, like, do you eat? And she's like, what? Like, oh, do you want food? Do you want to want to get food? Do you want to get dinner? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And it's like, oh, it's so nice and like, it's so wholesome and they're they're just just genuinely like getting to know each other and it's great and they have pasta and like okay that's a they're Mario Brothers sure yeah, yeah, yeah. they have pasta Italians. they're walking home and like both of them independently are like I just want to let you know like I you don't need to spend your time with me I know I don't want to be bothering you so they're both like very like introverted in a way um and it's it's just really great chemistry to see and I like those characters but the problem is that. A lot of that's thrown out because she then is stuck as being damsel in distress when previously she had shown herself as being, while, uh, uh, like, innocence and sort of, like, uh, lighthearted, she she also, like, stood up to the uh, the mafia guy yeah. at, at the beginning of the film showing that, like, she, she was leading a dig when she was a, uh, like, a college student from the university. And she was leading, like, it looks like a 30, 40-person dig. Which is, I think, a pretty big thing. Yeah. And to walk up to a mafia dude that she obviously could tell and, like, not care about his threats is... That says something about a character. And then she's just like, oh, I princess now. I stuck. Yeah. Uh-oh. Help, It's unfortunate. Please. Yeah. Uh, which, again, is why I think that the whole, like, oh, we brought on a writer to make it more feminist doesn't track. Because I think, if anything, the film does a lot to unempower the female characters. Yeah. Because, um, like, Lena's character, she just pines after Koopa, which doesn't feel very feminist of you. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a lot of gripes. But, so they, they had this rewrite. Director stayed on. Solomon, OG, he try, he stayed on to provide rewrites. Uh, then also, without invitation at all, Bennett and Runt, who I mentioned previously worked on it and were just let go because there's comedic, they <laughs> road tripped down to North Carolina and were like, hey, we're here. And they were immediately hired back and they worked on through the end of the movie to try to help. Um, they remained on to provide final rewrites, dialogue for ADR, um, uh, which is automated dialogue replacement, I, I believe. Right. Um, which is basically like what you want when it's not quite there and they're trying to like clean it up. They do a lot um, for um, – the, there's a really famous uh, YouTube clip of Hugh Jackman doing his grunts for the end of the Logan movie. Uh, adding yeah. that in, it's actually really cool. It's pretty, and to see the process of it, it's pretty neat. Just yeah. Little side note. And then also they provided the uh, dialogue for the expository animated dinosaur opening, just to, to try to make it all come together. So like Solomon, um, Bennett, Runs, those three writers, I think are great because they went above and beyond to try to salvage this thing. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't work. Uh, you know, at this point, you know, they were getting into actually like making the whole thing, so. Uh, if you don't know, it, it, a plot point of it is that the dinosaur world is overcome with intelligent fungus, and that fungus is inspired by the Mushroom Kingdom, uh, as well as sort of like the uh, king himself. He is a big thing of fungus. It's gross and weird, but it's a thing. Um, and uh, I mentioned him before, production designer David Snyder helped bring that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said as each script developed, the fungus was sort of a metaphor for the mushroom elements in a Nintendo game, for me, a screenplay is never finished. Um, oh, sorry. So that's two diff- different things. But yeah, so um, he had he understood. He, he understood the assignment. He tried his best. Jaffe said that for me, a screenplay is never finished. You work on a screenplay all the time. When you bring in actors, a screenplay goes through another evolution. So you say that rather say that rather like the fungus in the movie, the screenplay is constantly evolved, which I think is a code word for 
I was not happy with it, and I want to keep changing it to the detriment of everything and everyone. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I think yeah. it, I think that was not it, Chief. That ain't it. Um, so yeah, and then once you get into the actual uh, production design, you get into the filming. You know, they went over budget by a crazy amount. Again, even though Hopper has mentioned as being you know difficult to work with, I think he justifiably was upset because he went down for like. I think it was planned to be like four weeks of filming and it ended up being like 17 or something crazy like that. Yeah. It was like, it was at like two or three times as much, which is insane. Um, and uh, it just, it did not land. Uh, I think it's also cool. doesn't get enough credit. Well, the character of Yoshi is in the movie. He looks like a normal raptor, but is still cute and does a good job of looking like a fun little side character barely has a role doesn't really matter basically is relevant but if they had recolored him touched him up slightly he would have been a perfect live at live action adaptation yoshi yeah uh and that partially is should be credited to uh patrick uh tatop wait tatopoulos t-a-t-o-p-o-u-l-o-s there's a lot of (laughs) a lot lot of vowels in there i'm not sure how to say it but either way he uh was aware of the concurrent jurassic park production and he consciously designed the dinosaurs to be more cute and cartoon-like, with inspiration from Beetlejuice. I, he did I, don't, a good job. I don't think that I don't think it worked in every situation. Yeah. But the Goombas, while goofy and not at all like the Goombas in the the film and all or in the game, and also the there's a, another type of Goomba that has more of a snake head, and there's vaguely like Koopas in a way. Uh, they all were funny and goofy. And with a different kind of context, maybe if they didn't have giant broad shoulders and they were scaled down a bit, it would have been great. And you didn't um, have to just rock them to get them distracted. Yeah, so... <laughs> uh, they they put in a lot of effort. The Yoshi puppet they made was so good that... Um, yeah, the producers from Jurassic Park had visited the set and were so impressed with the Yoshi puppet, they briefly considered hiring its engineers for a second Jurassic Park creature shop. Aww. Um... It didn't happen, but that's that's like that's like real respect and real. Like that's some that's something when uh, they come on to the Super Mario Bros. movie, like, okay, I like what you got here. Um, so, yeah. Um, Can I? Uh, or in your uh, in it, your it, video, did you cover um, the safety concerns of this movie? Just curious. Safety concerns. I the the amount of. Uh, times people are almost killed yeah 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 so i did not touch on it if at all because i don't look too deep into it but i know a couple details for example i noticed it watching back it looked really weird like uh there's a part near uh the last third of the movie as we're getting into the final act uh mario and luigi are escaping from the bar they go up onto like an overpass they jump down into a garbage truck which i think is they jump into a garbage truck twice but (laughs) Anyways, or like they drive through gar- or with the garbage truck twice. They travel with one. Uh, in that shot, it looks weird. It looks like they missed it. Turns out, in I don't know if it was that shot or one of the shots, one of the stunt actors um, or st- stuntmen, uh, while they're performing as Mario and Luigi to jump down into this moving um, uh, dump truck, he jumped in, landed, and popped right back out because the bags of trash that were basically like filled with foam or whatever were filled with no air holes so they were basically big balloons oh <laughs> so he just bounced right off and basically broke an arm jesus uh, and christ then, uh, 
I also mentioned they let Leguizamo drive, which he said was not a good idea. And, uh, like, stuff was not secured. Uh, Hoskins hurt his hand. I don't know any other situations of people getting injured, but... Oh, I got I got a couple for you, yeah, if you don't go mind. Ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Leguizamo broke his leg. Mm, um, how'd that happen? He got really shit-faced and got hit by a car. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, so it, apparently, oh. in some scenes of the movie, uh, you can see uh, his cast uh, a little bit in the shots. Oh, uh, I, I did not know about that. There's also this one I want to read to you. Uh, yes, the scene where Mario saves the Brooklyn babes. Um, they escape via the ice tunnel on a bed uh, mattresses with the Goombas chasing mm. them. Oh, you know yeah. this one with the. Well, no, no, no. I, oh, I know yeah. the scene, scene in the okay. movie, but I don't know what the injury. The heads of the actors playing the Goombas were wore so heavy that they kept falling off while the mattress with Mario and the Brooklyn Babes someone thought they were going too slow so they loosened the wires uh, sum it up real quick it's a 25 foot fall um, because the, the mattress got messed with um, oh. a lot of them missed uh, one got seriously hurt uh, no one died uh, but they all smashed on their heads uh, and got bruises. Everyone turned out okay. Are, are, are you talking about they went too fast out of the pipe, like, at the end and missed yeah, the... Yeah, the drop. The, the safety bag? Yep. Oh, my God. Um, and one person broke their arm. All the other ones had head injuries and bruises, but everyone turned out okay. I'm I'm not surprised that happened because when you're watching, you're like, I'm surprised they got away with this stuff. Like, there's some cool bits, but, it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I wouldn't say, um, like, though... There was no safety in movies for a long time up until the the tragedy with the Twilight Zone movie. You're aware of that one, right? The uh, say again. The Twilight Zone movie um, tragedy. Uh, I think I know, but with the, with uh, actor was carrying had two young children with him. He's, they're supposed to be uh, running away from a helicopter, but something happened. The helicopter crashed oh. on top of them, killed the kids and the actor, uh, and that's yeah. when a lot of regulations start happening. I believe that was in the late 60s, early 70s. So this is, you know, 90, 93. 90, or, mm-hmm. So filming's probably around 91, 92. Like, you would mm-hmm. think things would be a lot more safe, but just reading the yeah. facts and listening to the things you've brought up, it doesn't feel like there was any... Like, ha- apparently Bob Hoskins almost drowned and was electrocuted several times during filming because of all this shit I would had. not be surprised by either. I didn't know about that, but I would not be surprised. Just, um, it feels like... Yeah. Well, I guess maybe with and uh, the director, uh, the the husband director, poured hot coffee on an extra because he didn't like the costume. Jesus Christ! Yep. So guy- wait, wait. <laughs> He's blaming the the extra for the costume that the extra probably didn't design. Just put on because that's their job, just to be there. Real diva shit. Oh my god! Yep. Yeah, it's it's rough. And unfortunately, it's not like this is a bygone era of like oh everything's great these days there's still stories of of stunt uh men and women unfortunately getting injured breaking uh limbs uh i think there was a death in the last like last five years easy uh on one of the um i'm gonna look it up just so i know have the details so i did uh you're probably right um the most recent like really bad one i remember is the resident evil uh actor uh stunt actress where she got the camera didn't move that she was driving towards with on the motorcycle and it basically gave her no face afterwards i know that was pretty pretty dark and messed up yeah uh so going back to it um for example i mentioned dude i love Dylan o'brien while filming maze runner death cure he suffered multiple injuries on set after being run over by a car and a scene gone wrong and was taken to a hospital uh production by a fucking car yes (laughs) 
That's not like a little stops. thing. That's a fucking car. Yeah, yeah. And, and credit to him again because I, oh my god, I, I love, I love, uh, I love that dude. He's. I want him more stuff. He he spent time. He recuperated. They waited for him, and then he got back in there like really quick. I think it was only a number of months, and finished it out. Uh, and you can't even tell really, but uh, yeah. Looking crazy. at the wiki page for um, a number of things, I think a big one I do remember. Yeah, Resident Evil Final Chapter. There was a stunt double named Olivia Jackson who was severely injured in a motorcycle accident. It left her in a medically induced coma for two weeks. There was uh, also believe, uh, the crow, yeah, it, the original actor, being killed by a rubber bullet instead of blanks when they got shot in the head. It's, it's wait the fact that there is a page that's so dense I cannot actively look through it without stopping and looking at each line says something, and it's hasn't stopped. Unfortunately, uh, I think the uh, stunt men women uh, just have a hard they have a they already have a hard job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they know that going into it, but uh, they don't get the care they need. I've, I've watched a number of the videos from a uh, great channel, uh, Corridor Crew. They have a series of videos where they react to stuff, and no, a number of them are reacting to stunts in movies. And they'll bring in stuntmen and women, and they'll talk about their times on the job. And I love to hear it when they're like, oh, yeah, our stunt coordinator, our, our, our safety guy was so on it. He stopped the production, made sure we were safe. I love that. But that's like, it seems like it's rare. Yeah. Like, it doesn't always happen. And they definitely were not being safe um, with uh, with with this movie or most movies, which is unfortunate because movies are awesome, and I want them to be made. But I don't want them to be made knowing that oh yeah, a, a dude almost died or did die for it. It's not great. Um, I think I literally think a stunt driver died filming a scene in Walker Texas Ranger with uh, Chuck Norris. Like, you know, the, that to give your life yes. for Walker Texas I, I, Ranger episode. That's a bummer. Yeah, Control F. I checked it. Uh, rest in peace, Charles Skeen. Uh, he suffered a fatal heart attack uh, when the GMC Suburban in which he was riding made a rough landing after hurdling 140 feet through the air in a state park. Landing the vehicle broke all of the axles on the vehicle. Jesus and, Christ. Uh, yeah. And that was, what year? 1999. Six years after this movie. Yes, yeah, so I remember again, that being like big news when I was little. Yeah, um, and 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 to be clear, when I bring up these names, I'm not bringing them to be like, oh my god, wow, that sucks. It's it's like my condolences. Yeah, this is rough. People should be treated no like one... humans, and we're saying these people, yeah. like, yes, their job is to do dangerous stuff, but that doesn't mean the conditions have to. The, the conditions still should be the best possible for those dangerous stunts. Yeah, even you'd say no way. In the year 2021, super recent, uh, Daniel Craig had a ankle injury while filming in Jamaica and had to go uh, under. He underwent minor surgery. Daniel Craig, in the which uh, which James Bond movie, like the the 30th he's been in. I I, um, I haven't. No, I didn't like his. James I know, Bond. but the point is like <laughs> I haven't seen any of them. Dan, if Daniel Craig isn't safe, then none of us are. Who is? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like. His wife's really pretty, though. The only person I can say being injured, and it makes sense, is Tom Cruise. And not because I hate him, not because he's a Scientologist, and not because he has a middle tooth. (laughs) Wow, that was a a phrase I didn't think I was going to hear on the episode today. It's technically sort of a thing. It's like optical illusion, I think, but it's funny. Either way, Tom Cruise chooses to do a lot of his own stunts in his films. He does his own running. He does stuff like uh, latching himself onto the side of a plane and just staying on there for, uh, for the shoot 
he chooses to do that. He chose to scale up the uh, uh, b- giant building in the uh, in Dubai. Um, he chooses to do these things. So if he gets injured, and he has, he's like he's injured himself. He's broken stuff. If I just Google Tom Cruise. But uh, yeah, he's got he, the money, yeah. and he he is not he doesn't need the paycheck, so he's choosing. You know, these I assume yeah. stunt people um, probably do not make you know sweet sweet glory actor yeah. money. I don't think that being without work or without even the freedom of being able to move around as you once were is at all worth it for any amount of money, uh, even for weeks, let alone months or years uh, from some of these injuries. So it's rough. Uh, and that's just another little element of the movie that's like, yeah, they, they, they dropped the ball. I think why that happened is, one, they, they didn't have the right uh, safety procedure in in uh, place. Two, budget. I, I, I think they really, they had a hard time with budget because they had mentioned that, or I had mentioned that uh, there was an issue with uh, their effects being way too much. The script changing up. Uh, they they designed sets that ended up having to be changed or, or or redone. And the film, if you watch it, it's just needlessly and strangely uh, violent. Um, like there is cars being flipped in a vehicle chase. We didn't need a vehicle chase in a Mario movie, but we got it. And while it is crazy and cool, and at one point there's a car on top of another car that's driving the other way. And they're like, whoa, that's crazy. We didn't need that. We didn't need sparks flying everywhere. Right. We didn't need seemingly like electric coils being exposed uh, on vehicles um, to give the effect of it. You didn't need that. Uh, but you got it, and they dropped the ball. And I, if, if we use the phrase drop the ball with this, it's like 52 pickup, but with balls. <laughs> yeah. Because they're, they did it all over the place, unfortunately. And again... There's the like I like the car chase because it's so wacky and crazy and it's like oh my god why they do this it's not necessary but they did it um, they did like the, the scene where like a vehicle's hanging from fungus again so over the top and unnecessary to have a vehicle being like probably like gutted so it was light but being hung from a crane to make it look like it was being hung from fungus so over the top but I like it in terms of the story in terms of the actual like pacing and all that there was no reason like it was right. so pointless uh the car chase was meaningless it was all dumb so dumb but you know they tried some stuff again to give credit i i'm sort of running out of stuff so i'll say to give credit i do think the directors made a vaguely competent film at least in terms of like like how they staged the shots and like how it actually looks yeah it doesn't hurt to look at for the most part it's definitely a movie if that's what yeah. you're saying it is a movie hoskins hopper uh mathis also uh i think her name's like heady or headley or something like it's it's the actress for um for lena fiona she shaw job. she yeah, there you go. Yes. Uh, yeah, her name was vaguely f- similar to Lena, so I was like getting <laughs> mixed up. Either way, she hammed it up like crazy, uh, which was like she. It's like <laughs> she showed up and just put in one hundred and ten percent, and it was so over the top, and makes her look goofy. But she was really trying and put in the effort. Um, Snyder did a great job with the production design. Uh, the, the the guy with too many vowels, I can't say his name, right. who 
who worked on the puppet and like everyone who it's not just these people everyone who worked below them as well they really tried and it just didn't work out um and unfortunately i think it really tainted the chances of mario movies in the future and we still have yet to see a mario movie there's still a chance to have a animated film and i i want it to happen i i think 2022 a lot of people yeah i still want it to happen obviously there's been delays there's been rumors this and that but like i loved i i really like i actually enjoyed the sonic movie and i'm looking forward to the second one no joke like yeah it's i not great, i really but, i really yeah. enjoyed it that i hit the right level you expect from uh that a movie like that and i think that's yeah. what the mario movies i mean they didn't nintendo didn't really touch movies again until detective pikachu i think right like yes and detective pikachu was really enjoyable yeah. like they did a pretty good job with it and it was really funny. <laughs> See, dude, if you've never watched Detective Pikachu, this is like to anyone. If you've never seen it, look up the scene where they're interrogating the Mr. Mime and sort of unintentionally light him on fire. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. With, with, with the mimed uh, gasoline and the mimed lighter. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, oh, shit. He, like, so, he dropped his so, yeah. It's so dark, but it's so great. And I love Mr. Mime. And it's so creepy because he's all realistic and he has like rubber ball skin because it's part of his like design it's like i i want more game movies obviously through all this people say like oh you can't make a good video game movie i disagree i think there needs to be care i think there needs to be effort put into taking one medium where it's all about like interactive sort of like long form because like you cannot get a movie like even if you look up like really uh cinematic video games like um Last of Us? La- yes, Last of Us. I'm, I'm blanking. Um, not Raiding Tombs. Tomb Raider? Not, no, I know not that. Oh. The, with the guy. Oh, uh, the, the Spider-Man's playing. Uh, Drake. What? Uh, oh, God. Nathan Drake. Yeah. God, we're, we're really bad at this I, game. Give me, second, Uncharted. give me a second. Uncharted. Uncharted. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> I, I, was, I was so... My brain... I, I, my, my synapses were uncharted because I was having a hard time finding my way there. Uncharted. Even if you take a cinematic game like Uncharted that is, even people describe it as basically playing through cutscenes, it's still like like multiple hours long to try to get through everything. And you only really get the full experience by playing through the game because there's the small interactions that come up in gameplay. Uh, oftentimes gameplay informs the story, especially when it's done well. And it's hard to translate that into a movie. And a lot of times, they're just like swinging a miss because they'll try to make something completely different. Uh, and it's unfortunate. You know, I, I know you mentioned you didn't really enjoy the recent uh, Mortal Kombat. I wanted to. But. Yeah, you wanted to. I thought it was okay, but then again, I'm not super connected to the actual games themselves. Uh, and I thought it was fun that they tried to do some sort of fan There's service definitely, stuff. Like, the fan service was fun, and yeah. It, yeah. It's, it it was just more boring than I, I you know than I, I wanted it to be. Like it, it could have been fun bad or good or anything, but it was just kind of a thing. It was boring bad. Yeah, and that's never yeah. you never really want apathy from your audience. Yes. So it's rough. I, I think there has been some hope. Even though it's nothing like the games, and also ouch, they need to take care of their people better, Resident Evil has created its own sort of thing uh, with the Resident Evil movies. That they're basically action stuff. Not at all connected to the originals at this point, but yeah, it's cool yeah. that it's become its own thing. The first one, is, um, uh, uh, if you if you want to talk about actual 
you want to say the Mount Rushmore video game movies, you might be able to claim that the first Resident Evil is one of the best video like yeah. in terms of being a pretty solid movie and also, also a Resident Evil uh yeah creation. It's pretty Silent Hill was really I really liked the first one. Uh, yeah, Silent Hill the movie they did a good job. Like I've never played the game, I've watched it, I've seen it, I know of it uh fairly well, I think. But like this, the creepy vibe—they they nailed that in the well, movie. Well, they used the contortionist um, to do the uh, the nurses oh, instead of like doing CGI. Dude, it was so I, good. There's been so many times where they're like, "Let's take a contortionist," and those people so talented. Yeah. God, I hate looking at yeah. them. Yep. Jesus, it's rough. Like I'll, the things they could do, they're like, "Ha ha!" I did stretches today. I'm like, "No, please!" Like, oh that's god. That's great. Just don't make me watch because I don't know. Yeah. Like being a it's, person it's, who isn't fuck squad, just imagine my my like tendons tearing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's popped up in some other stuff in terms of like, you can do a, like uh, like some of the some some characters are like really big and tall and weird gangly. Like there's like one dude who's like, he's basically Slenderman. Yeah, and he's in and he like nails, in everything. He, he, he nails the role. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of talent that's possible. There's a lot of adaptations that like almost hit the mark. Like mentioned, like Sonic almost really nailed it. Uh, did pretty decent. The Mortal Kombat's are trying. You know, uh, I, I actually really enjoyed uh, the first Wreck-It Ralph. The second one, first one was not amazing. as great. Second one, second yeah. one was the like, not let's great, make money. But it's still like, yeah. Um, I think it's almost bridging the gap. Big Hero Six because it was animated. Love Big uh, I, Superhero. It almost has like a gamey sort of yeah. vibe that like there's a crossover there. And it worked great um, in uh, the Kingdom Hearts uh, three as a level. Oh yeah, it fit perfectly yeah. into that universe. Yes, so I, I I'm still holding out hope in general for there to be more successful game movies because I think it's a avenue that a lot of uh, games can really um, navigate and ended up doing well. Like for example, I've been playing a lot of Celeste to work on the Celeste video. I think with the right team, that could be a mm. animated film that is like carries a lot of weight because like the story is really good, it has, it has compelling music, very interesting sort of. Uh, plot that talks about like some uh, very heavy concepts that could work well in a movie that like gives me sp- depression anxiety stuff that, like that game so, gives like, me like sp- uh, the spirit away movie kind of vibes right like in the way it handles in, heaviness in, in a way yeah yeah sort of like that like being unsure of your place in the world mm-hmm. uh, and also way, being really like, beautiful to look at but being really heavy when you understand it type of thing yeah and also that, that reminds me uh, with spirit away animated films uh, or sorry anime films that are animated have actually been doing better and better in the u.s as of recent so they're fucking good <laughs> uh, yeah well they're incredible but also like i think they've done well with like uh having english releases or just releases in theaters so like a silent voice um i want to eat your pancreas I actually really like that weird name but yeah yeah so a silent voice i want to eat your pancreas um your name uh weathering with you all great films all anime and you think Western audiences won't like that? They they killed it in the box office. So I think like I, what I bring up is because like there is an avenue for more anime, for more games, for more sort of seemingly childish stuff to have a chance in the spotlight, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, because anime is not just for kids. Video games are not just for kids. And they never were. I it was a weird yeah. stereotype put on people who don't understand the medium. Like and, and and it's also weird because it started out video games the biggest market at the time, back before home consoles were really kicking off was arcades, 
but not arcades for kids are Ar- like arcade machines and bars and like like hangout clubs that was like it was like the late teens early 20s 30s or so like it was that crowd that were getting in and playing the pac-mans playing the mario brother like there were already adult crowds there and we already have the point where people who were playing the first pokemon have kids so hello <laughs> yeah i'm just like and it's not even like a like it there's so many opportunities for or so many points you could point to where it's like that's not just for kids mario is not just for kids like and i'm not to say we need an adult mario but you know you can make like i think the crowning example you can make something that could be watchable by kids pull the heartstrings for the adults how to train your dragon holy yep. shit i love those films so much all of them are really good. yeah you're right all so of them are good, so good. So good, and also it's an interesting so adaptation because it was a book first, and the book is like a picture book with like maybe thirty pages, and they took that and were like, "I have an idea," and they made an incredible series, um, and they changed so much, and that's a situation where they're like, "I got you, I understand, I, I we got yep. it." They made something great. We're cool with it. Um, Just keep making this magical stuff, please. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I want there to be more game movies. I, I think some of them fail. Like, I had mentioned, unfortunately, the Assassin's Creed movie and the World Warcraft movie both dropped the ball because they didn't quite deliver on what was possible well, like, with the actual source material. Yeah, like, with um, uh, Assassin's Creed, it was like, first of all, they went PG-13 for that. But then, like, the yeah, way they yeah. operate the, the stuff in the movie was just stupid and lazy. Like, I had good actors for it, but it was just... And uh, what was the other one you mentioned? I'm sorry. World of Warcraft. Uh yeah, that one that one dropped the ball because it had it looked decent, but a lot of the human characters were like pretty whatever, like didn't do a lot. Like they picked like I think the most boring segment of the Warcraft lore to adapt and did it in such a way that felt like very nothing. Like they 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 barely show you Stormwind, the capital of the human kingdom, and it's such a huge massive city. They even had like a 360 video where you fly over with a griffin. And then in the movie, it's basically, like, two establishing shots, and that's it. Everything is like, oh, we are in a small wooded clearing. We are in a small uh, small part of the castle where it's like, this is a set. I can tell that, obviously, you have so much expansive stuff that you could be working with, and you're wasting it away in here. And it's just so unfortunate because, like, the orcs looked incredible. Yeah, they actually looked They did really a good, good job, like... Having the whole uh, conflict from the Outlands slash uh, Draenor, uh, I, I think it was Draenor at the time. Whatever. There's a lot of good stuff there. They didn't do yeah. it. They didn't deliver it. And and it sucks even more because you look at the games themselves. You look at, for example, Overwatch. Any Blizzard product, really. Overwatch, StarCraft, World of Warcraft, and the Warcraft games. They all have incredible in-house animation and storytelling and stuff. And then you're like, give it a full movie, and it just does not come out. And I've heard people be like, you can't make a full movie with that. But it's like, come on. You could take some of the creative leads, some of the main guys. You can make it happen. Yep. It's not impossible to turn that into a full thing. It just d- hasn't happened. Um, will it happen? I don't know. But I think if we got an Overwatch movie, they could make a good movie. If we got a StarCraft movie, that could be incredible. Yep. We've yet to get a good, proper uh, Warhammer film, for example. Bioshock. Yeah, there's been... Bioshock, yes. That was in production uh, at one point, actually. Ah, uh, it's I, so frustrating. I know people <laughs> who know people, and basically because they wanted to try to keep it as practical as possible, 
so it would mm-hmm. look good. It was like when they started like doing shit, it went way over budget almost instantly, and so the studio yeah. was like, no, <laughs> like we're, we're yeah, no, we're not doing. There's so many a Halo good... movie shit. Like that was a. Yeah. Did you ever see the the test footage from the what Peter Jackson was going to do with it? I don't oh, know if I have, but there was so like there good. was a short film. Yeah, there's short. Uh, film, short yeah. yeah, there's a short film sort of series made. I think it was vaguely in connection with the actual like Bungie, um, and that looked incredible. And dude, also that one commercial that was only, I think it was o- only uh, miniatures. That was so like good. the best yep. Halo movie we've gotten. I hundred percent. It's agree. so frustrating. God of War, God of War, Uncharted, uh, Mass, Last of Mass Us. Effect, uh, Mass Effect, Prey Dishonored. would be a great movie as well. Uh, I was gonna mention, yeah, Prey, dude. There's so Prey's many so possibilities good. for really engaging, interesting stories or TV use, series too, or TV series. Yes, actually, a number of these could work really well as TV series. Um, but we just we just haven't gotten it, uh, and I hope we do. Uh, I, I'm hoping it's we're on the right path. Uh, yeah, um, with the way Sonic has gone, um, the focus is going to be put on the Mario movie. So I have before we wrap up, uh, I have a couple mm-hmm. thoughts uh, with this stuff. So this movie came out '93, uh, Super Mario yes. Brothers. Mortal Kombat came out in 1994. Now Mortal Kombat 1994 mm-hmm. is not a great movie, but it was full of people who like Steven Spielberg was supposed to direct that movie, I believe, but he couldn't mm-hmm. make it work with whatever was going on. He and he loved he loved the franchise and everything so already you have huge names like this really matters so like the people involved with the first mortal Kombat movie care the actors they brought in put in the effort um like and Uh they were amazing is it a perfect movie obviously not but that movie like you could feel the passion in it and that's why people who it was the first Mortal Kombat love it right uh now let's it's almost like we're having the reverse now we have uh the mortal Kombat movie come out this year uh, and it was meh. It, it, it was similar in, like, there's a lot of good in it, but there's also a lot of train wrecky stuff to the Super Mario movie in 93. Maybe that means, and in no way does this make, does this make sense, but maybe that means this Mario movie that's due to come out late 2022, early 2023, will be good. They'll see the mistakes of the uh, franchise right before them, and also, mm-hmm. more probably, we're going to do it like based off of what Sonic did. But... Maybe the reverse will happen. Maybe this will be a great or a really good, passionate movie that people will enjoy. I don't say great movie because yeah. I don't know how you make like Mario. Just seems like something that really shouldn't be a movie, and I don't know why you need it. Like Sonic, I didn't really feel like you need it either. But it makes I, I it makes think more they sense. can make it work. I think they can make it work. I'm cool with it if it um, does. It just I feel like they're like we t- all the like we touched the not, we didn't even talk about any like really indie games of, like story wise. Of things that could really work movie wise. I mean, they made a Five Nights at Freddy knockoff movie that um, with Nicolas Cage. I can't remember what it's called. Where he fights an- killer oh. animatronics. Have you seen that? No. He he I, literally I, doesn't that, talk the whole it, movie too. It's incredible. Well, I've I've heard about that. I yeah, I haven't I haven't seen it. But was it actually confirmed to have been? It's not connected to Five Nights at Freddy's, but it was just inspired. Yeah, by it's one hundred percent like yeah. I think they 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 were like yeah like we don't want to get sued so we'll admit that this was definitely the inspiration but yeah there's a number of movies like that you're like oh that's right that was coming from a thing like I, also uh, so I I, I googled uh, video game movies mm-hmm. and I found 
a page that's very wrong because it's called the best video game adaptations ever. Uh, like third one down is Mortal Kombat 2021. So yeah, yeah I, th- this is it's this it's really it, about n- your nostalgia glasses it, for a lot of this. Yeah, it reminded me. I want to say kudos the witcher netflix series so really good. good i really enjoyed it season two has already wrapped and i'm looking forward to that uh i thought you know uh man steel did great the dude who played the bard did great i'm blanking on names but you know obviously the witcher is a video game but the video games also were based on books but still they made something really good and i think fans of the games could enjoy the witcher yeah. the the netflix series Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu was great. Castlevania, the animated so series, is actually good. really, really good. And also, some incredibly funny dialogue. It's it just, like, such such honest, um, like, friendship relationships between the main characters. And they're, like, there's been so many compilations just, like, uh, like Simon Belmont being dumb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like that. Also, uh, like, we got to shout out, because I forgot about it, Tomb Raider. Uh, that came out. Vaguely recently. Like last three years, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Need for Speed happened. I don't know if it was good, but I saw that. Yeah, it exists. It's definitely out there. Dude, Monster Hunter came out in 2020. And. Yeah. They they had a racial joke in there, yeah. No, yeah, that's Paul. What was it? Paul W. Anderson or whatever. And he, since he's married to what's her name, uh, he's just like yes. he just turns every every video game. I, he I believe into that is a, accurate. Yeah. Let me let me double check. He just like grabs video game IP. He's like, I'm gonna put my wife in it so we get more money, and changes. Yeah, this. he he is actively, I feel like, trying to ruin video game movies. Uh, if we look back, he, he has done he's he's done the 1995 Mortal Kombat. He's done uh, basically every Resident Evil. Um, he did the Death Race movies. Mortal Kombat stuff. I don't he did think that was based though. on a game. Yeah. But, yeah, in every single one, his wife is the lead. And it's like, oh, come on, he, buddy, don't And do he this. changes it so much for Simon. Like, yeah. he, he's accidentally becoming Ubel, who I did a whole... You, you, yeah. I did a whole episode on way back in the beginning of Damage Boost, I think first 20. Uh, uh, yeah, because I, I loved uh, the House of the Dead arcade cabinets growing up. Like, that was mm-hmm. one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. And then I, then I yeah. tried to watch what you could technically call a movie, I guess. Yeah. And I've never been more more pissed at a human being because, oh, man. But, uh, yeah, we also I also wanted to mention the last one on this list that they call a good adaptation, sure, is Rampage with uh, with Wayne Johnson. Big monkey, big wolf, they fight stuff. Yeah, and things like, definitely happen. Sure. The, the game itself is so bare bones that it's technically an adaptation. But, like, I think a lot of people didn't even know that was an adaptation. And some people just like it dumb fun. Like, Dwayne... Uh, Dwayne. You know my buddy yeah, Dwayne. Yeah. He's been you in a lot cool of... Hell, are you? <laughs> yeah, a lot of films that are not so great, but still, like, blockbuster, like, do well, like, uh, San Andreas. Just where... Not at all... Or that one with that skyscraper and he had one leg. I don't remember what that was called. <laughs> Oh my god, he had one leg and just like really tried really hard and jumped like 50 feet. It's, yeah. Um, I feel like I've ended this, like ended a, a podcast with you so many times the same way, but like I'm tentatively hopeful. I want to be hopeful. I want to make it clear that it's not all doom and gloom just because this film did bad, not just because a lot of the Mario, or sorry, a lot of the gaming uh, films haven't nailed it 
it doesn't mean it's impossible for there yeah. to be good stuff. And just because some do well, it doesn't mean future ones will do better. Like we're still gonna have, we're still gonna have the uh, Paul W S Anderson, Andersons, uh, just like doing schlock. We're still gonna have Uable schlock. It's gonna happen no matter what. But we can hope, and I will be hoping that it will continue to be uh, better and better. Uh, like I want them to make a good second Sonic movie. I want to see the Mario movie. Yes, not everyone could work, dude. They could take Mario plus Rabbids, make that a movie. Boom. I don't care what anybody says. The Mario plus Rabbids games are really, really good, and I'm really excited for the next one. But yeah. Yeah. No, I I love those games. I I have a friend <laughs> who um who's the host of the podcast, The Funny Papers, and he's a big mm-hmm. XCOM player, XCOM streamer. And yeah. uh, I always like to say, "Hey, uh, I was playing my version of XCOM, playing Marvelous Rabbits." He gets so angry because he's like, "It's not, it's not the same thing." <laughs> so yeah, uh, but no. trust me, Marvelous Rabbits is way less RNG. I've, I've played both. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just like you know, shout out to that game being really fucking good. Like I actually, I, I don't yeah. like turn-based stuff as that much, but I really, really enjoy that game. I want to give a quick shout out before we wrap up of my favorite sure. bad video, like the the perfect mm. amount of bad but wholesome and everyone really tried a video game movie of all time, which was the I believe in nineteen ninety four release of Street Fighter. No. Um, <laughs> Melinda May, I believe. Um, I don't remember which character she plays. Uh, maybe Jung Lee. I don't remember who is. She is the person who's aged the best of any human in human history. She she's recently been in Agents of Shield and uh, The Mandalorian. She's like uh, Boba Fett's sidekick in that. Uh, spoiler mm-hmm. alerts for Mandalorian, I guess. Whoops. Uh, and then John Claude Van Damme gives a speech at the end of that movie, or like before they go fight Bison. That's actually really fucking well done um, for that mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and it was also um, Raul Julia's last movie before he died of stomach cancer was literally like in pain as they were filming. Dude gave his all for that fucking movie. Um, like that movie is yes, it's an absolute train wreck because it makes no sense and it's but it's silly, it's fun. The actors are giving their best effort. Like it's colorful, it pops when you watch it. Um, yeah. That, that if you want like a real fun bad movie night, Street Fighter. Starring uh, Jean Jean Claude Van Damme is great. And if I can shout out a video game movie that should not exist but does, and managed to be okay, the Angry Birds movie. (laughs) Not bad. Yeah, they're not bad. It's not bad. I don't know how they managed it. It's such a cringy sort of thing. It's so out of date now. It's like trying to make a game for uh, for uh, like Sugar Rush, like that's that. Wait, Candy Crush. Candy Crush. Right, Wasn't sorry. that kind of the Emoji I'm, movie? Wasn't it like a big plot of the Emoji movie was them playing Candy Crush? Or, uh, I think yeah. so. But, but yeah, Angry Birds, like, it actually was decent, yeah. and there were some funny bits, and they cre- they took it, they took this stupid mobile game that by no rights sh- should have a film made, and they made a film, and it was actually it was decent. Cute. And also, actually, uh, Guilty Pleasure is the Prince of Persia movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh bad for many reasons yeah yeah but yeah but there's a number of scenes that are like ooh, that's good like yeah yeah no that's not a bad not an awful try watch him yeah. yeah um but yeah that's that's about it for me I, I i i think i've said my piece uh i i am optimistic if you haven't seen a lot of these that we've mentioned go watch them and and, and i would love to hear what you guys have to say tweet at me at dpad gamer if you want 
Or don't. It's really up to and you. And watch his Mario history uh, video. And watch my Mario history video. Or also the video uh, on Super Mario Bros. movie. Because in, in, in both, or all three videos, um, I tried to go into a lot of detail. I talked way more about the like the plot of Super Mario Bros. movie and how they really failed and they just hammered home all the wrong stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it for my shout That's what we do. Um, well, we just shout out all your stuff. Uh, D-Pad makes wonderful things. Uh, I also, I think I've probably shout out every time since the video debuted, but his Sea of Thieves video was not only <laughs> yeah. creative, but like funny and wholesome at times. And just, I was, I just love it and people should go watch it. You're single-handedly funding that, that video giving it one view at yeah. a time just like really powering it through and you know what i'm proud to do it because i absolutely fucking love that video um and watch minus world stuff you're in that you're in those things yeah yeah uh and download core so hopefully they'll sponsor them again <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can make more videos yeah and watch more because you have at least 99 or more now episodes of the uh, damage boost yes yes um some on so very few were on um youtube but watch them there's clips on tiktok there's clips on youtube shorts um i'm hopefully i've been literally working on a mario top 10 for uh mm -hmm. with uh, a friend of mine for about seven months for youtube uh <laughs> video editing's yeah. hard um and also like i i keep debating whether or not to embrace the cringe because it's going to be cringy i one i've never voice acted mm -hmm. i've never video edited and it's gonna be my first shot, so it's not gonna be a masterpiece. And like it, talking and getting to know so many of you guys who make like you know fucking television level like quality content constantly. Um, no, I, I I should realize I'm not gonna be on your guys' level, but it's like that part. Like you know, I know you guys, and and I, sure. I've gotten to become friends with a lot of you, and to know that you guys might watch it and then like not be able to necessarily tell me the truth of the quality of I it mean, you know well you might i think i once <laughs> told you were wrong about a thing so don't worry i'll I, i'll let you know my own um, opinions i won't i won't i won't do that to you it's it's a real disservice to look at something so a friend makes and not give your honest opinion right because like otherwise what's the point if you need friends to be honest with you otherwise like there's kind of no point of friends if they're just gonna lie to you too you know yeah. Um, so hopefully that'll be coming. I'm going to working on more content as, uh, as a father who has kids who want to be YouTubers. I, I'm trying to learn video editing also to help them. So hopefully more, uh, YouTube stuff in the future. Um, I don't know how big or small it will be. Uh, TikTok stuff still coming out. Oh gosh. I feel like I have a lot on my plate with this. Uh, Twitch. Twitch yes. Uh, I need twitch um every monday with uh timmy jinx we do phasmophobia monday or tuesdays we do phasmophobia and on the other day that we don't do phasmophobia we're doing sea of thieves sleep not thieves nice. thieves um so yeah come check that out i just bought um i'm gonna be playing a lot of indies uh thanks to my guys at super gg radio um they've been sending me a mm -hmm. bunch of indie games to play as well so yeah um this 100 episodes in, I, I know I said at the beginning of the episode, but without um, your honesty, uh, <laughs> uh, your <laughs> willingness to even come on, because uh, for little Inside Baseball, um, the way I was pitching the show, I was, I was given, all right, go, go record five episodes, we'll listen to them, and if they're good, um, you know, you can have a spot on the network after the hype. Yeah, and Deepad did the 
two of the first five uh, with me, and uh, without literally without you giving me a chance. Um, and I'm glad you were one of the first guests I had uh, being the because again, you're willing to be honest about stuff. You gave me tips. You 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 um, mm-hmm. and every time we talk, you're you're always you know helping. And I don't know if you even realize it sometimes, but like it's always I always feel like I know more after we talk. Um, whether I'm glad because I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm either I'm glad it works out, uh, and I'm glad to have helped uh, and. Hey, here's to a hundred more, maybe. Hell yeah, hopefully, and with the addition of other things, just because I enjoy video games. They've gotten uh, me out of dark times. They've given me great times. They're a great way I've been able to bond with my family through a pandemic um, that we are hopefully getting out of now. So, um, again, thank you. Thank anybody who's ever downloaded or listened. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, not to get too sad, because I will start crying. Um Thank you for being on, um, and I hope you're on uh, in the future for the, like you said, the two hundred episodes. So, with that all being said, yeah. oh wait, good. Wait, can I yes. say? Can I say yes, this you time? Do. Bring us out. Thanks, thanks for watching, people, and don't forget, uh, be good people, guys. Bye bye. Is that okay?